All right, all right. What's up, Beast Mode? Beast Mode, monster up. Don't be a poodle. Thanks for tuning into the What's the Matter with Me podcast. Your source is What's the Matter with Me.org. Man, I'm feeling positive today. I'm kind of having a text exchange with my wife. She'll probably text me while I'm trying to record this. I don't think my dad is going to butt dial me. I hope not. Knock on wood about that. Leave me alone, dads, but we're talking about enrolling my daughter in ballet, in the ballet school. It's very close, just ballet lessons, you know, once a week on Tuesday afternoons, pre-ballet for the little, little kids. And I was like, I don't know about ballet. What about like dance? Is there dance, you know? And my wife was like, well, ballet is is like a sport. And I, I'm receptive to that. But it's also like colonial, you know, you want to decolonize your mind. Don't learn ballet. Or maybe do. I mean, I don't know. I'm just agitating and making... I'm a husband agitating, making things difficult for his wife, knowing nothing, really. Fundamentally, just less than nothing. And making making waves. Thank you for tuning in to the What's the Matter with Me podcast. I'm a disabled dad living with multiple sclerosis and trigeminal neuralgia. And this is my story. My name is John. I'm 43 years old, husband, father, radio DJ, small business owner, podcaster. And I have multiple sclerosis and trigeminal neuralgia. And I made the What's the Matter with Me podcast to share what I'm going through. Thank you for tuning in. Shout outs to Cousin Eric and Tracy in Sacramento. They're journalists and they're like, we love the What's the Matter with Me podcast and we never heard anything better. So shout outs, Cousin Eric. There is, it's because there isn't anything better. This is it. It's all downhill from here. Shout outs to the people listening through to all the episodes. Last week, we, we sent out a lot of episodes, but more, more episodes per person than usual. My wife is texting me about ballet again. I'm like, decolonize your mind. I just want funky music. Shout outs to the people listening through all the episodes. So shout outs. Shout outs to Gary Canoni. Gary Canoni, you know from the Gary Canoni interview special, he's an artist, contemporary artist with MS, and he's on Instagram, and the other day, what's he on Instagram? At GaryCanoni.studio, G-A-R-Y-C-A-N-N-O-N-E dot S-T-U-D-I-O. And he posted this picture. It's kind of like a headshot of Jeff Dunham. Do you remember that guy? He was like that 
90s you might be a redneck comedian so it's got like a headshot of jeff dunham and it says underneath it in comic sans font it says here if you think the essence of modernism lies in the use of the characteristic methods of a discipline to criticize the discipline itself not in order to subvert it but in order to entrench it more firmly in its area of competence then you might be a redneck I like that. Gary Canoni. Gary Canoni dot studio. Check him out. He's on Instagram and he tells funny jokes about about art or theory or culture or something. He's a contemporary artist with MS. So I dig Gary. And then he comes up with things like that. Jeff Dunham. Who would have thunk it? Comic Sans. Who would have thunk it? Check out Gary on Instagram. The kids are back in school as of today. This is their first day back from Christmas, New Year's, winter break. The kids are back in school today. And they were here last week. We had them in camp from like 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. So it's the middle of the day. It just compressed everything, you know. So it's very hard to concentrate with. It's like near impossible to concentrate with them around. And so from 9 to 3, you had to squeeze in everything. And then at 3 o'clock, go get the kids. And then last week, I spent the week really just cooking because once they're back, they, there's what else can I do? I can't work. And just to give you an example, I tried to send some more product to Amazon and I briefly, in response, I clicked the wrong button and I said, yes, uh, my hot sauce is a hazardous. I clicked the hazmat button and I was like, how am I going to do this? They want me to do all this crazy stuff. And it's because I, I said hot sauce is hazardous. Whoops. But I know that the hot, hot sauce is not hazardous, but it's really hard to concentrate and fill out web forms when the kids are going nuts, bouncing off the walls. So instead of trying to work, because I did try and work and then I, that crashed and burned quickly, I started cooking because I was like, okay, if they're just going to be in here, I'm going to cook. Over the Christmas break, we went up in size on our CSA farm box. We used these people terra firma farm in Windsor and we got the small size box every week and then we would go to the farmer's market and like supplement but the box it wasn't really enough it was kind of more trouble than it was worth because you get like one head of cabbage and two potatoes it's like what are you gonna cook with that so I got the large size box and it's not that much more expensive it's it's because it's like direct from the farm. It's a it's a good deal. So it's like twenty here are the prices for it. So it's like twenty-four bucks a week for the small and that would get you like some garlic, uh, five persimmons and four gypsy peppers and some broccoli, some greens and carrots. 
that's 24 and the large is 44 and you're looking at more of everything and a butternut squash, broccoli, peppers, red onions, garlic, persimmons, apples, greens. There's a lot of stuff in it. Went from a small to a large. It's worth it. It's a massive box. Today I parboiled some potatoes and roasted some of the beets that came in last week's box. You might be like, who who wants that? Who wants only seasonal vegetables you have no control over what you get i'm just used to it i've been doing it for 20 years i think it's the best way to cook because the farmer does everything for you you don't have to even go to the market we still have to supplement like i've been recently i'm like i want berries i want blueberries and blackberries and raspberries so you know there's certain stuff super perishable and kind of niche produce that you can only get at the farmer's market but what's good about it is you know i have like spoons i only have a certain number of spoons and so when i start cooking when i light the fire i want to make sure i cook enough food you know potatoes i don't want to be boiling three potatoes i want enough potatoes maybe i can make a couple rounds of food from it Last night, the kids had a meltdown for the end of vacation. My son was like, I don't want to go to the market. I want to just stay here. And I'm like, no, we all go. And he was like, I want to just stay here. So then it was like, well, then none of us are going. And my wife kind of figured it out. For dinner, she just microwaved the parboiled potatoes that I had made and served them with salt and pepper and butter. And it it wasn't bad, to tell you the truth. They're good potatoes. The produce from the box is like just really good produce, good quality. The carrots shatter when you bite into them. The potatoes were good and I'm like an Irish person. I was like, I'm perfectly happy eating these potatoes. Imagine the days of the potato famine. That's what I was thinking. I'm just like a brainwashed Irish Catholic. I'm eating like a plain microwave microwave potato with salt, pepper, and butter on it. And I'm like, ah, I'm so lucky. Imagine the potato famine. It must have been horrible. And for sure, it must have been horrible. I got to stop making light of disasters. Last week, I thought the rain was going to be another one of those big nothing burgers. So I was like, whatever. I got my rain jacket on. But it's rained quite a bit and it broke lots of things. And I kind of, I got to take it back. So last week, the kids were out of school. This week, they're back. They were compressing the time last week, coming home at three. I was cooking for like self-defense. I made a bunch of stuff last week I really cooked a lot one of the things I made was chili and it was supposed to be a weeknight chili but I didn't have any canned beans I only had dried beans so I made a weeknight chili that took all day but it came out really good we served it with corn tortillas and my wife shredded the cabbage on the Ben Reiner 
chili with shredded cabbage, sour cream, diced white onion, sweet onion, cilantro, and tortillas. Like, it was delicious. It was good, but it made me think about how co- about cooking while disabled. Like this time last week, I was cooking every day to try and get something done while the kids were all in my hair. And it made me think a lot about how cooking while disabled is all about adapting the recipe to your ability. You know, I cooked for a long time just always trying to work as hard as I could and make the the best food I could. But now I have a limitation because I'm not able to do everything. Like last week, I grilled some bread. One of the things I made was grilled bread. And I made the dough in the stand mixer. It was kind of like a non-dough. It was it was like yogurt and flour, a little bit of water. And I, I made it all in the bowl of the stand mixer. It worked out pretty well. But then once it was, once it had risen, I was supposed to cut it into 12 pieces and shape them all and put each one of them on the barbecue. And I was like, that is silly. First of all, I'm not good at shaping dough. I think next time I make it, I'll use a rolling pin to roll it out. But the first decision I made is I was like, no 12 pieces. I'm going to make three pieces and just make them bigger. I had to get help from my wife. And that's the thing. I'm, I'm adapting recipes to my ability. There are other people. I have uh, more ability than a lot of, you know, there are many other people that I have abilities that they don't have that ability. So you're always on a spectrum somewhere, but adapting the recipe to your ability is important when you're a disabled person because the recipe is not written with you in mind. It's written to try and make a great recipe. I've been reading this book, The Food Lab, by J. Kenji Lopez-Alt, and it came out in 2015, and it won Cookbook of the Year, it won James Beard Foundation Award, so it's a good cookbook, it's interesting. And it's a little bit reminiscent of Howard McGee's on food and cooking. Like Kenji Lopez is all about investigating using the scientific method. For example, he has a whole piece where he boiled pasta with different volumes of water and compared the result. And the end result is it changed the way I used to always cook pasta in a lot of water that's how I was taught and his result is that maybe it works out when you cook it with less water you don't have to use a ton of water he does things like pour boiling water over dry pasta and sit it for a length of time. He does stuff that is kind of beyond the pale, but he's adapting based on what science tells him works, you know, is the best result. But for me, I have to adapt it to what I can do, adapt the recipe to my ability. So looking at this book about chili, they have the best short rib chili with beans. But the next page has easy weeknight ground beef chili. 
And I had some ground beef and I wanted things to be easy. I've been like trying to look into that. Looking over the directions, it's like melt the butter in a large Dutch oven over medium high heat. Add the onions, garlic, oregano, pinch of salt and cook. Stirring frequently until the onions are golden brown about five minutes. Add the chipotles, which was a can of chipotles, anchovies, chili paste, and cumin, and cook. So the anchovies were supposed to be two anchovy fillets mashed to a paste with the back of a fork. So I just put them in straight into this mix because I knew this is going to cook for a while. The anchovies will disintegrate. There's no point in mashing it up and that's just more fine work for me to do and I, I want this to be easy. And the chipotles were from a can and they're all minced up and I just said forget it. I, I had more chili paste which was just rehydrated guajillo and pasilla chili peppers cooked with chicken stock. And, you know, I used better than bouillon. I didn't even use like a can or homemade chicken stock. I just used a spoonful of this reduced stock base dissolved in water. I guess all I'm saying is like I tried to make it simpler. I was like, I'm not going to mash those anchovies and I'm not going to also get this chipotle. I'm just going to have more rehydrated chilies. And it worked. Like, and it didn't bring anything down. You just cooked it together for a while. And once the beans were ready to go, it was good. The kids loved it. Everyone had seconds and it, it made enough. It made a whole pot so we're gonna have the second meal out of it tonight so cooking while disabled do i need to mash the anchovies with the back of a fork is it enough to just put the anchovies in the chili yes you gotta adapt it to your ability and not spend spoons where you don't have to. Adaptations that make the recipe easier to execute while maintaining the spirit and making high quality food. So pot roast, the all American pot roast with gravy. And it calls for one, and so right off the top in the ingredient list, it's about how are you prepping the ingredients. The pot roast recipe to be in this book calls for one boneless chuck roast about five pounds pulled apart at the seam into two large chunks excess fat and gristle trimmed and then they want you to tie those up just pat the chuck dry and season it with salt and pepper tie kitchen twine tightly around each piece at one inch intervals to help it retain its shape well i'm not doing that no way i cut it apart at the seam and trim off what i can and i don't worry about it and i was talking to the butchers about it because i was like trying to see should i ask them to do it and we were talking about it and they were like man that's only for the gram and i'm like you know you're right you guys are right it's only for taking a picture of it and being like i made this and that's not what i'm looking for i'm looking for kids to eat it and be like i'm full 
So the recipe calls for more anchovies, garlic, marmite, soy sauce, tomato paste in a in a bowl and mash it all together. I'm like, forget that. Anchovy fillet, four of them going in whole. Two medium cloves of garlic, finely minced or grated on a microplane. Forget about that. I'm going to smash them and maybe loosely chop them at the very most. But I'll, I'll just smash them good. Soy sauce, marmite, tomato paste. I'm just going to put that direct. I'm not going to combine that in some other bowl and then add it to the pot. This stuff is all going direct in the pot to make it easier. So that's like, it's important when you're reading these recipes. You know, if I were to microplane, how am I going to do that? And then even if I did it, I got to clean the microplane. It's just like, forget it. I'm cooking while disabled. I got to adapt this recipe to my ability. Both chili and pot roasts are like long cook, heavy pot make a pot of chili you know and you make a bunch of pot roast and it's all about long cooking stuff together and about making it easier on myself making high quality food tonight we're gonna have meal two out of the chili with it kids come home there at the after school program we'll be picking them up around six it's good my dentist is different you remember my old dentist the iron curtain the ukrainian in san jose i loved it she was a great dentist she was wonderful genia her hygienist and they were just wonderful the Iron Curtain, the Ukrainian, Genya. She would clean your teeth. You would bleed for days, and it was so painful. And she wouldn't use any Novocaine, and it would make you cry involuntarily. And I would always just be like, oh, you're the worst. She was great. I really enjoyed her. But I have a new dentist. I moved to San Leandro. I have a new dentist. And both my wife and I talked about it. We are like, it's like having your teeth cleaned by a cat. He's like so gentle. The Iron Curtain, Jania, would make you pay. She would make you pay for it. For all the food you ate, you would be like, I'm never eating food again. But anyway, this new guy is Mr. Softy. Teeth cleaned by a cat. He was like, there's some plaque, but it's a no big deal. I'm like, aren't you supposed to make me bleed for days? Anyway, I got a nice dentist. I went from the Iron Curtain to this guy, the cat, cat man. So he's pretty good clean my teeth i mean i was like i guess i'll leave now i'm not gonna report you to the better business bureau but that just was total hooey i bought tickets for the white elephant sale so the white elephant sale is all to benefit the oakland museum of california they've had it every year for decades and they you they sell tickets you can get a like special 
before everyone take it for forty dollars or you can pay five bucks and it's the whole month the sale is the entire month of February and they let sixteen hundred people in a day. So I got my ticket for February second. Nami and I are gonna go there and I'm gonna ride my wheelchair but I'm also gonna wear my brace and have my stick so if I need to get out and look around I can. You know on the one hand I just wanna see it. I've I've heard about it for decades and now I'm finally going. But I also I need some house household stuff like a coffee table and whatnot. I think it should be pretty good for that and then we're going to the white elephant sale on Thursday and then on Sunday is the Alameda Antiques Fair that happens on the first Sunday of the month. So if it all we don't we don't score at the white elephant sale. The pressure's off. So I'm, I'm kind of stoked to check it out. It's a big sale. That's why I'm going to use my chair to get around. But then I am I also, like a lot of sales, is probably going to be like an insane warren of stuff. So I'm glad that I can walk around with my stick. I can get around a little bit. I'm hopeful it'll work. Last year, I didn't go because of where I was physically last year at this time. I was in the wheelchair all the time, just getting around. I was still having pain. I was on a lot of medication. Now I'm off all that, so I'm going to the White Elephant Sale. I'm getting a coffee table, y'all. Make the recipe easier to execute. Just from the ingredients listing, it says a bunch of stuff about the ingredients you can't even do. Mincing, microplane if you're a disabled person you're like there's no way i'm cooking this but try and make it easier instead of minting just smash it see how that works it's not gonna ruin it you know if you water down everything and dilute and make substitutions i mean yeah maybe but maybe it's gonna work The pot roast and the chili totally worked. They were good. Fort Protection is coming back this month on the National Geographic Channel. More more television talk. Remember we have the wars? Oh, I saw a new wars, you guys. It's called Customer Wars, right? And it's just shopping. People who are shopping freaking out. Customer Wars. Bad behavior in the aisle. It's pretty good. Customer Wars, but Port Protection is like a a totally different kind of show. It's a nature... It's kind of this weird thing. It's been going for several seasons, so you might want to start at the beginning. But it's about a place, port protection, that's like in the middle of the wilderness in Alaska. It's basically only accessible by boat. These people are like living subsistence lifestyle, survivalist, and like away from it all type people. It's pretty good. Port protection. You know, where they're like, I'm going to string up a new a new buoy and like they get out their power tools and 
and I'm making a new dock, and I'm going to go to this old crash boat and salvage bits from it. I don't know. There's something about poor protection that does it for me. They're like, I need to go fishing for halibut to sock my freezer for the long, cold winter. And they do it like they fail. They succeed. They get a bunch of crabs. You know, it's good. It's bad. It's pretty awesome. Poor protection. There's something I like. I like watching it with my kids because the one hand, it's like trash reality programming, which, of course, customer wars. I like that trash. But also, it has this like nature program subsistence living angle that makes it almost educational I'm not sure if it's educational I found it on Disney Plus and I was like okay this is something that I can I was with my kids I was like okay I can watch this with you because it has the right amount of trashiness now I'm in San Leandro I'm like keeping up with the Joneses John John's been on a baseball team, a soccer team, and a second soccer team with this other kid, William. And his family signed him up for basketball. And they were like, you can just drop him off. You don't have to hang out. And I was like, hmm. I got kind of jealous. I had FOMO. And I was like, if they're doing it, we got to do it. So I waitlisted John John. He's waitlisted for basketball. I'm just trying to keep up. Thanks for tuning into the What's the Matter with Me podcast. A lot of people know it as the best podcast in the universe. You can find the What's the Matter with Me podcast on Apple Podcasts, on What's the Matter with Me.org, and wherever you find any podcast, it's right there alongside. Because I did what I was told. Now you can listen. Thank you for tuning into the What's the Matter with Me podcast. Let me call up the Beast. Check it next time.